Welcome once again to another episode of the Random Access Podcast brought to you by RAPodcast.net. This is episode 467, recorded live on Saturday, June 25th, 2016. And here are your hosts, the man who's got family over this weekend, Dave Pillay. Hello. And the man who doesn't, Andy Lowe. Hi. Kind of going with the simple, huh? Well... I've been slightly off my game this morning, so... Okay. A and not A is, is our interest. This, I, I guess there's kind of like two styles of intro, right? There's the A and not A, and then there's A does something and B does something. Or there's, the, one a, of the, there's, there's the A and A. A and A? Yes. That we both do something? Yes. Okay. And then there's the non-sequitur ones as well. There, there's also the... A is here, B is here. Yes. <laughs> now cool. you know what I'm going to have to do. I'm going to have to go through all the intros now and just figure out what the... <laughs> Look for patterns? Yes. Okay. Go for it. Yeah, Knock no, yourself I, I, out. No, I'm good. All right. How do you like the change on the webpage? Change on the webpage? Yeah. Tell me you've noticed. It happened like two or three weeks ago. Are you looking at the webpage? Yes, I'm looking at the webpage. Do do no, right below the episode title. Is that a new Flash player? No, it is a new player. Oh, was it, it HTML5? It's HTML5. Nice. Look at us being all fancy. Yeah, getting rid of Flash on the website. Since <laughs> Chrome doesn't like Flash anymore. Neither does Internet Explorer or Firefox. Or Safari. Yeah. Pretty much anyone. <laughs> nobody, nobody likes Flash anymore. Nobody likes Flash. Except the TV show. The TV <laughs> show is good. Yes. I still have to finish season two. Yes, I have we, to also... I think I... Am I done with season... I'm not even... don't think I'm even done with season one. We got to the last episode of season two and then stopped and we need to finish it. Oh, the Flash. The Flash. Flash comics. No, Flash TV show. There we go. Let's see, TV show episodes. Season one. Uh, Looks like I stopped at episode 13. In season one. In season one, yes. Go finish Flash. (laughs) But... But I'm working on Daredevil right now, and then I've got to do Jessica Jones, and then when I'm doing Flash, I'm trying to do Arrow in tandem, so I've got to do Flash, Arrow, tandem, Daredevil, Jessica Jones. Yeah, although Arrow evidently stopped at season two. This is, this is what I've been told. I mean, have you seen the Arrow subreddit? No. No, I have not. Uh, let me check real quick if there's... So, yeah, go, see, go look at the Arrow subreddit. And you'll see why, well, you'll see. I'm guessing it's Arrow, or is it Arrow TV show or something? Slash R slash Arrow. Okay. Wow, there's a lot of uh, hatred going on right now. Yeah. That's, uh, well then. Yeah. So the the last couple, like, the last episode of the last season of Arrow was so bad to fans and so upsetting that the Arrow subreddit decided to become the Daredevil subreddit. <laughs> well then. Yep. So you got a lot of TV to finish up. Yep. Are you going to add Voltron to the list? 
I don't know. I never was a big Voltron fan. Okay. Have you watched Avatar, Last Airbender? No. Okay. So you should probably add that to the list. What I really want to actually do is watch uh, Cowboy Bebop. That's what I really want to watch. That's a good one. And uh, Afro Samurai. Mm Mm-hmm. Are those... uh, Cowboy Bebop's probably on Crunchyroll. For free. Yep, looks like Cowboy Bebop. Maybe, possibly. If not, I have it. Oh, well then just watch it. All right. Sorry, but yeah, no, there's there's too much television. Plus, now that we have Netflix and Amazon video. Yeah. Go finish Flash. I need to finish Flash. It's worth it. But Daredevil and Jessica Jones, that one's yeah, Daredevil's uh, getting well, interesting. I also need to finish those two. Are you in season one or two of Daredevil? Season two of Daredevil, which means okay. i got to start up Jessica Jones then, yep. too. Don't tell me anything. Because I'm still... We've only watched season one. Well, Daredevil's blind. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Jesus. Next you're going to tell me who his secret identity is. It's Froggy. No, Foggy. Foggy? (laughs) Foggy or Froggy? Foggy. 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 All All right. Wow. You really pay attention to these shows, don't you? I'm sorry. You should be. You should be ashamed. So, All right. Yeah. Should, Where would should, you like to start? Uh, somewhere that's not, you know, shameful for me. So something that's not shameful for you. How about um, Dave beat you to another car posting? Really? Future of car commercials. Future of car. Future of car commercials. Okay, here we go. So this is a, a car, sort of, called the Blackbird. And the Blackbird is just essentially four wheels and an engine and a bunch of ways that it can configure. So the wheelbase moves. So it can stretch out, it can shrink, it can get thinner or wider. And it is what you use to make a car commercial. Because you can pretend that it is any car and you can make the wheels look like any car and then you just superimpose CGI of the car. That's... Oh, so if you jump to like 54 seconds in the video, oh, you got to be kidding me. Really? This is oh, why would automakers not want to actually shoot their own car? Because you'd a don't need to reveal the car. You don't need to get the car to the location. And if you need to do a reshoot, you don't need to send the car back to the location. I feel like this is this is cheating. This is this is wrong. Is what this is. This is just so wrong. Yeah, but you know what? Most car commercials are using CG anyway. Yeah, like they're they're they don't actually have the cars in the car commercial. This allows them to have something that is physical, and so it's going to look more realistic. So weird. Just so. Oh, that's. Mm. It makes me angry. Okay. Angry that they are doing it? Yes, because it's cheating. How? It's, I don't know. It's like one of the... one of the. Granted, I was going to say it's like that rule where food in TV commercials actually has to be food, but then most of the time it's not the actual food that it's, you know... I mean, well, food 
food in commercials is sometimes, but food photography almost never is actual food. Yeah. It's sculptures that look like food. It, oh. That's, I, I just, oh. It doesn't sit well? No. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, yes, no, this is, mm. I I think it's pretty cool. Like, A, they called it the Blackbird, which gets points in, in my book any day. Uh, and evidently it was built in the same hangar as the original SR-71. So that's also really cool. But I think this, this works well, and it means that the commercials can stay cheap. And this is a really advanced little robot. <sighs> All right. Well, Andy doesn't like it. No, no, I don't. So let's move on and we'll find something else. Um what else can I find that Andy will or will not like? Okay, something that, that you might like. Okay. Uh, Michigan Roads for Army testing? Yes. For driverless cars? Yes. The Army, the U.S. Army, is testing driverless vehicles on Michigan highways. Because there's no one else on Michigan highways? Oh, um, it's a 21-mile stretch of I-69 up near St. Clair and Lapeer counties. Uh, it was chosen because the proximity to uh, the Army's Tank Automotive Research Development and Engineering Center in Warren. Also, that seems there's some connected vehicle infrastructure available from MDOT that they're using as well. Is that the stuff that they were looking at back at U of M? I think so. Up on North Campus? In the little so. fake city of Michigan. Yeah, did you hear about the re- the rest of the stories with that though? No. Okay, so there's the there's the one at U of M right now. Yeah. Right? They're planning on turning Willow Run into a bigger version of that. The Willow Run Airport. Yes. Isn't that actually still an airport? I do believe so, but I think they're according to reports are you know like Ford and GM and a couple of the other bigger guys are getting together to build a bigger version of the U of M facility at Willow Run. Cool. Uh, Google has opened up an autonomous vehicle center in Novi. Man. 51,000 square foot building. Michigan is, is getting like the forefront of driverless cars. Which is great because if you think about it, we, <laughs> we have everything that driverless cars need to take care of. We have highway driving we have urban driving we have rural driving we have we have construction mountains okay so we don't have mountains we have hills but that's but that is not the same (laughs) no that's not the same at all but desert yeah okay so but we don't have you know sandy beaches well we do have sandy beaches yeah but the the sand doesn't blow across the driveway or highway but we do have snow and rain yes. and construction zones. Yes. We we have a lot of the checkboxes in the state. Yes. That's and, also you know, why it made a really good place for the movie industry to show up. <laughs> Until we Until said. Governor Snyder said, no. no, why would we do this? As like every studio was building shit in Michigan. Yep. God damn it. Oh, fun fact. Yeah. Um, Carrie Ills from Princess Bride. Yeah. Um, 
he actually just uh, recorded a movie at the Barn Theater, which is over in uh, Galesburg, which is, you know, just down the road from Kalamazoo, where we actually just saw Guys and Dolls last night. Okay. So Carrie Eels was, you know, recording a movie basically in Kalamazoo, so I could have seen him wandering around town. Could have. Yeah, could have. I didn't, but I could yeah, have. Yeah, so it's, I, well, but like, oh man, I had the possibility of seeing that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, back when all the studios were actually recording in Michigan, like, there were tons of stuff happening in Ann Arbor. Oh yeah, no, it's the Ben Affleck, Matt Damon Brian Gosling ate at Cafe Zola in downtown. <laughs> So, okay, so you could have met him. Yeah. But it was, I thought it was just kind of funny that I'm sitting there like, it's like, oh, they filmed a movie here at the theater where we just yes. saw Guys and Dolls. Nice. It's a good show. Mm-hmm. So one problem with going to see musicals, the songs sing along? get stuck in your head. Luck be a lady soon. Oh, we're not allowed to sing. No. That was 10 years ago. Can we get that band cleared? <laughs> I feel like we'd have to get a ruling from Kate on that one. Okay. So the U.S. Army is using some roads in Michigan, which evidently Michigan is now moving towards like the forefront of automotive. Autonomous vehicles. Autonomous yes. automotive vehicles. Yes. And just so you know, there are actually currently legislation in, in the Michigan House and Senate to allow the purchase uh, and sale of autonomous vehicles in the state. Has not been passed yet but it is slowly working its way through the legislature. Is it a good one? I don't know. I didn't, I couldn't find the actual HR numbers. Okay. But I, I've, I, I know it exists. I just haven't been able to find the specific numbers. Okay. So yeah, so that's kind of neat. Other uh, automotive news. More autos. Yep. In Sweden, they are testing electric roads. They're what? They're testing electric roads in Sweden. So... Explain. Okay, picture nineteen twenties streetcar. You know, with the overhead cables. Yeah. Okay. Like San Francisco. Yeah. Replace okay. the over. We replace the streetcar. Yeah. With a semi truck. Still, still keep the overhead cables. Still keep that little bouncing arm that you know goes along the overhead cables. And there you go. See, but the the, the cables worked because it was on a track. Yes. And so you knew exactly where it was going to be. Yes. But semis have wheels. Yes. And tires. Yes. And can turn. Yes. But if you're on the highway. Yeah. You're pretty much in a straight line, right? You're basically on. Yes, you can Uh, shift lanes. Unless there's, you know, something in the road that causes you to swerve. Well, according to the picture in the article, it has its own separate lane. Okay, and and that lane is going to stop a deer from walking across? No. Um, That deer is going to stop someone's tire from exploding and sitting in the middle of the road? No. The the barrier is going to stop a box from falling off the back of a pickup truck? No. Okay, so (laughs) it's not going to stop you from having to swerve. Well... The, the, the semi-trucks are not entirely electric. They are hybrid. But uh, they're, they're connected to this thing. Yes. 
But and if they swerve, it's going to put a lot of tension on this thing. Well, no. And even if there's a little bit of slack, if two people swerve, I why? You know how this. You know how this thing works, though, right? With the uh, the pantograph. The pantograph. I don't know that word. Google it. P a n t o g r a p h. So exactly how it sounds. Yeah. That's the framework that connects the the vehicle to the overhead wires. Okay. It presses up. Also an instrument for copying a drawing or plan on a different scale, but using a system of hinged jointed rods. Yeah, then that's also pretty neat when you're able to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I've I've used those a couple of times. I'm like, this is like magic. (laughs) I make it this big. It makes it this big. Science. Well, actually, it's more geometry, but... Nah, it's still science. It's still science. Okay. So it pushes up on the wire. Yes. Right? Like, that's it. It's a bunch of hinges. They push up on the wire. Yeah. And the, the thing is built onto a turntable on top of the vehicle. So if the thing has to swerve, it will still stay connected to the wires. If it, my guess is you could probably go a lane over with this thing and still be connected to it. So it's not like they are latched onto these things and are not allowed to move. And, you know, if something happens and the semi flips, it's not going to tear down the wires. Mm. Side note, there were two semi truck accidents yesterday and the day before Mm -hmm. that had closed down 94 for multiple hours. It's not a good day or two days. No. It was fun when the first semi truck uh, crashed. It spilled paint thinner onto the highway, so everyone was getting high. Well, they you know they closed down the traffic from about like eight o'clock in the morning till about three p.m. Mm-hmm. It felt like having a major interstate closed down for six eight hours, hours a day. Yeah, six hours. But no, this is this is a neat idea. This is you know you could have all right, all right. Well, if if it works, it's a neat idea. Yeah. And, you know, the semi-trucks could still just drive on the normal roads like a normal semi-truck. When they get on the highway, they just put up the little thingies, hook onto the electric lines going overhead, and it's it's proven technology. I mean, for goodness sakes, we had electric-powered streetcars for years. A hundred years ago. Yeah. So they'll they'll either a could power themselves directly from this line or you know use this line to help recharge their batteries so electric vehicles don't have to recharge and this won't work for cars because they're too high up. Yeah. What if I just got really tall <laughs> connectors? Have them set up like a like a current. Oh god, no that won't work. Believe me, I've I've seen those long antennas cuz you know uh, mobile Trucks for TV have mm-hmm. them to you know for yep. the satellite dishes and stuff. Yep, those have to be pretty big, and most of the time the um, car actually has to be on jacks in order to support it. Because if the wind catches that thing, it can actually tip over the whole vehicle. Yep. Yeah, torque. Mm. Science. Science. <laughs> so yeah, so that's going on in Sweden. They're going to try it out for uh, uh, till 2018 to see if it's feasible. Okay. This is also Sweden who's planning on getting rid of fossil fuels by 2030. Wow. Yeah. Good luck for them. We will see how that all turns out. Oh, speaking of fossil fuels, though. Yeah. Did you see the report that this group of scientists out in China managed to find a way to break down plastic into fuel? What? 
on a very small scale, they've been able to take the the poly whatever the stuff that like all plastic is, yeah, and turn it into fuel to break it down and turn it into fuel. Well, that would be nice. That would mean if if it could be changed to a large scale. Just imagine like mining the ocean for the plastic we've all thrown out. Oh, that would be that'd be so nice because I've been recycling the old computers at work. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's like forty of them. Yep. Um, mind you, it's also funny when I grab a computer from uh, over ten years old. I open it up and it is clean as a whistle inside. Oh, <laughs> which makes me think that this computer has not actually ever been turned on. Yet I'm sitting here recycling it because it's a Windows 2000 computer that's, you know, 10 plus years old. You know, that could have been a crucial plot device in some future horror flick. What? Or not necessarily horror, but like apocalypse flick. Oh, it's, you know, it's, you know, it's the end of the world or it's, it's hundreds of years in the future. But hey, look, there's this piece of technology from the early 2000s from before the infection or before whatever and it works and runs until the capacitors dry out and then it's toast oh is that a thing oh man oh that's that's literally like the first thing to go on most computers is the capacitors will dry out and cease to work and then you're looking at a huge motherboard going okay which of the capacitors failed and just replace all of them that's normally that's normally what happens. If you have one fail, you kind of just shotgun the repair and you take out all the capacitors and replace them with all new capacitors. How do you know that it's the capacitor that failed? There's there's ways of testing capacitors to see if there's if they're actually working or if there's a failure across the across the leads. Right, but how that that's to find the capacitor that failed. Yes. How do I find out that it's a capacitor that failed? Well, normally the uh, you can. You can tell how the circuit is supposed to work. If on a, a pre- motherboard? Well, not on a motherboard. I did this on a phono preamp and a mic preamp. Right, but I'm thinking of like a motherboard. Well, like, yeah, on a, if, if it's my a My computer's failure, not turning on. What is telling me that it's a, a capacitor? Nothing, outside of you actually going through and testing all the components. Okay. Which is why normally if a capacitor starts to fail on a motherboard, we just replace the whole board. Right, but how would you know? Like, you don't know. You just know that the motherboard is failing. Yes. I see. Normally, it's just assumed that capacitors are the first things to go. You, Andy, are assuming that it's a capacitor. Yes. Could be anything. Could be even software. True. But so I've been recycling all these computers, and so, you know, I'm taking apart all of the metal yeah, and, you know, all the copper and tin and all this other stuff there. But I've literally got about like 60 pounds of plastic. <laughs> yep. Because those old Dell boxes, as I literally sit here looking at uh, an old Dell box here, it is. It's a plastic shell. It's a plastic shell. The newer Dells are metal boxes, which is nice. Those I just took directly to them. They're like, yeah, sure. No problem. And then I'm, I'm sitting there going like, what the hell am I supposed to do with all this plastic? I don't know. Because no, nobody wants to recycle this plastic. There's only you know, like, you, could, you could salvage the gold from those, by the way. From what? All of the components. Oh, I know. Okay. Because yeah, there's like no, that, a lot of gold in there. I know, which is why, you know, motherboards are like uh, normally a dollar seventy-five a pound. Um, some of the processors are, some of the old Intel processors, mm-hmm. $135 a pound because they used gold rather than copper for the pins. Yep. 
Oh, believe me, I, I know what the prices are for the scrap metal, which is why I'm taking the time to tear these things apart. Okay. Not just so, dropping it to the recycling bin. No, no, no. That's, so you're, that's, you're taking it to a scrap company? Yes. Who's I actually, see. you know, paying me for the parts. Nice. While yeah. paying the radio station? Yes. It's not your money? No. Okay. No, it's the IT budget, and so I have to put it back into the IT stuff, which is nice. Cool. So yeah, so that would be nice if we can actually figure out what to do with all this plastic. Yeah. Or you could be like VW and figure out what to do with all of your cheating cars. <laughs> yeah, the, the VW payout, the final number. VW has agreed to settle for $10.2 billion. To put this in perspective, NASA's budget is $20 billion. And Volkswagen is just willing to pay $10 billion in settlement. Willing is (laughs) probably a strong term. So Volkswagen, part of the settlement is uh, will pay owners up to $7,000 in compensation as part of the settlement. So Volkswagen will either uh, offer to buy back your car or repair it in addition to the compensation amount. Wow. Yeah. So if you had a Volkswagen and it was cheating, now was, they, it, was this it all not, of their diesel? No, because this current uh, settlement is only for the two-liter diesel. There's also a three-liter diesel, but that one hasn't been um, settled yet. This is only for the two-liter diesel. So these are like the, the Volkswagen Golf, the Volkswagen Jetta, all the little tiny ones. Not, okay. not the bigger ones like the Audis and the Tourags and that sort of thing. Okay. Man, someone probably got put into deep shit. <laughs> That's a very expensive, expensive gamble. Yeah, $10 billion to, to buy back and fix and repair and, oh. And that's just for the two liter? Yes. They haven't even talked about the three liter yet. Do you think it will be more or less? Oh, probably... Oof, I don't know. That's going to be a tough one. Because if it's anywhere near the same, that means that Volkswagen could have funded NASA for a year. Mm-hmm. Wow, here's a, a sad number, though. That was NASA's budget that I gave you? Yeah. That is 0.48% of the total budget. Mm-hmm. 0.4%. Not 04 of the budget, 0.4% of the budget. Mm-hmm. Not even a half percent. Not even, very close to, but not even a half percent. Which is why we are still using the Hubble. Which we're planning on using the Hubble for another five years. Yeah. They've just announced that they're going to keep the Hubble up there for another five years, which means actually that the Hubble and the, uh, what's the name of the new one? Kepler? No, uh, the James Webb Space Space Telescope. Yes. uh, Is supposed to launch in 2018. That's the replacement for the Hubble. So they'll both be running at the same time? Yes. Cool. So then they could do, like, I, I don't know what they could do. Stereoscopic? Do... <laughs> Point them at the same thing when they're at different points of the orbit? Start to get a 3D model. Well, granted, you probably already have a 3D model of the universe. You, yes, we have several. Yeah. <laughs> One of which is called the universe. Hey, look at that. The 3D model of itself. So, yeah, so no. Two Hubble... scale. Hubble and James Webb are going to be up there at the same time now. 
I can't hear James Webb without thinking of James Watt, which is a totally different thing. Yes, no, that's... Webb and Watt are two different people. And for some reason, when I think of James Watt, I think of Adam West. Probably because of Family Guy. (laughs) So do you know who James Webb is? I'm guessing an astronomer. Uh, No, he was actually the head of NASA. Ah, that was was actually, believe it or not, my second guess. I was going to say, if he's not an astronomer, he was some guy at NASA. Yeah, no, he was he was the head of NASA from 1961 to 1968. So we're talking Apollo, Mercury, Gemini, and uh, the first Apollo mission, which was the Apollo fire. Yeah, did he resign after that? Uh, he, I think he stayed through the the fire, and then um, after the fire, I think he was done. Well, 68 was well after the fire, wasn't it? Uh, the fire was in 67. Yes. Uh... Okay. So yeah, he left in '68 because he was he was friends with uh, Johnson, and since Johnson chose not to run for re-election, he decided to step down and let Nixon pick his own administrator. Ah. All right. He stayed on. It looks like through preparing Apollo Eight. Oh, nice. Because Apollo Eight was in the early '68s. No, Apollo Eight was late '68, but they would have been preparing for it. So yeah, so Hubble's going to be up there. James Webb's going to be up there. It's going to be an interesting time. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, now I have a problem, Andy. What? I clicked on the Apollo 8 Wikipedia page. Just, just close out of Wikipedia. You'll be okay. But there's they, they went around the moon. I know. This was part of my Lost Moon book club book. Yep. Okay. What else can we talk about? I feel like we've gotten some good things. Let's get some less good. CBS and Paramount are still suing the fan film. (laughs) Even after a bunch of people said, no, stop it, and came out and said, hey, the lawsuit's probably going to go away, they are still suing. They did, however, release a fan film guideline. Paramount and CBS would like those fans to keep their creativity limited to less than 15 minutes for a self-contained story or no more than 30 minutes for a truly epic two-parter. Wow. The title of the fan production or any parts cannot include the name Star Trek. However, the title must contain a subtitle with the phrase, a Star Trek fan production. Yep. If a fan production uses commercially available Star Trek uniforms, accessories, toys, and props, these items must be official merchandise and not bootleg items. Oh, this is funny. And the uh, Axonar film is basically saying, fuck you. The fan production cannot be distributed in a physical format. So no DVDs. Nope. Fan production must be non-commercial. No making money. Must be family-friendly. No drugs, alcohol, or any other illegal activity. Okay, so most of this is just like, you can't say that this is official. You can't say that this is any endorsed by CBS or Paramount. This is not, a lot of this is just not official stuff. Correct. You can't use official Star Trek. Yeah, no, this, okay, so most of this makes sense. It's a bit annoying that, you know, that they're required, you know, you're only allowed to fundraise up to $50,000 to for production and you have to use official merchandise. Yeah, there goes <laughs> there goes most of your fifty thousand dollar budget. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. 
No, that was that was a mm, that was an angry. Mm. Yeah, I know. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm I'm questioning your angry. Mm. I mean, they have to protect their. their they interests. have to protect their rights. Yeah. And let's be honest: the fan film, well, kind of a cool idea, is a blatant bootleg and is totally illegal. Yes. This is not in the public domain. It shouldn't yet be in the public domain. I mean, even by like the old laws of copyright, right? Mm-hmm. What was the original copyright of? How long was it? Was 60, it for? Uh, current status is sixty-seven years. Yeah. What well, What was it originally? Before Disney started mucking about. Before Disney started mucking about, um, I think some of the original copyright stuff there was like twenty-five years. Oh, then it should be in the public domain, shouldn't it? Yeah. Copyright Act of nineteen seven no seventeen ninety. Yes, no, that was the yeah, that was the first copyright law. Uh Maps, charts, and books for a term of fourteen years, with the right to renew for an additional fourteen. Okay, so it was twenty eight years. Yep. Uh Star Trek should be in the public domain. Oh my god, Andy, twenty eight years. Anything from before when we were born would be in public domain. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Not anymore, though. Mario would be in public domain. Zelda would be public domain. Oh, wow. There's a history of copyright law Wikipedia page. Close Wikipedia. Oh, okay. So 1831 was 28 years. 1909 was 28 years with a 28-year renewal. Then 1976, thank you, Sonny Bono, extended term to either 75 years or... Or life of author plus 50 years. Thank you, Sonny Bono. Yeah. So speaking of history, yeah, the Smithsonian wants to archive video games. Okay. That is not surprising. They are launching an initiative Wait, to... Rec- the, the Smithsonian, because the Library of Congress is archiving games, aren't they? Yes, but the Smithsonian is doing their own thing as well. They're launching an initiative to record oral history interviews with and preserve unique materials from the first generation inventors of the video game industry. So Nolan Bushnell, William Higginbotham. Yeah, all the all the big old guys. The uh, Al Alcorn. Cool. So oral history and they're going to uh, focus on technology and collect, preserve and interpret historical artifacts and games as well. I mean, YouTube is doing a pretty darn good job of a lot of that right now. Yeah, the first completed interview will feature uh, Richard Garrett. Okay. Garrett, Garriott. Garriott, sorry. Do you know who Richard Garriott is? That's a, What's one of the Atari guys, right? Nope. No? Shoot. Oh, Ultima, okay. That's Lord British. He's Ultima. He created Ultima. Gotcha. Okay. All of the Ultimas. <laughs> He's the guy who went up into space. Oh, yeah. He's like, hey, Russia, I have a lot of money. Will you take me to space? Civilization. Education. What is the intersection here? Because the civ I remember, while having educational material, I mean, I built the pyramids in Cleveland. Yes, I built Stonehenge. I can't even remember how many times I built Stonehenge somewhere else. That how was many not different England. places? 
I mean, I wouldn't even know what city Stonehenge, quote unquote, resides in right now. So I wouldn't know to do it accurately. I don't know. Well, the the company we talked about my, Minecraft Educational Edition, right? Yes. Um, so the company that does that, Glass Lab, is going to do another one for Civilization. Okay. So what are they going to do? Well, uh, specifics details on Civilization EDU is um, not really in there, but the press release from 2K says uh, it will ship in fall 2017. It will include instructional videos, lesson plans, and other tutorials for educators to use. Uh, will provide students with the opportunity to think critically and create historical events, consider and evaluate the geographical ramifications of their economic and technological decisions, and to engage in system thinking and experiment with the casual-slash-correlative relationships between military, technology, political, and socio-economic development. So they get to play civilization. That's what it seems. Okay. Because that, like, <laughs> that sounds like a press release saying, we're going to let kids play civilization. And we're going to put a lesson plan or two together about it. And let kids play Civilization. Yes. With the hopes that they will then want to go home. And play Civ Six when it comes out in October, like yeah. the rest of us. Yeah. God damn it. God, Are we playing Civ I, Six? <laughs> the more I watch the Civ Six, Civ Six videos, the more yeah. I want to play Civ Six. Really? Yes. No, I like, I like the, it. I like the Fog of War. I like the idea that it's like the stylized map that you're uncovering. Did you did you hear the actual talk about it though? Um, uh, no. The, so you know if you, you can you if you're if you can actually see it, it's real, right? If you've been there before, it's a it's like a pencil outline of what you've actually seen there, but you don't actually see it right now. Okay. And then parts of the map that you've never visited, no joke, there are going to be sea monsters and dragons. Yes. That that like he told me that line. I'm like, oh, that's perfect. Because that, that's, that's, you know, here lies monsters. Yeah. I want to know if, will it change through time so that places that you haven't seen just, you know, the dragons go away? I don't know. It's something we'll have to find out when we actually play it. Yeah. October. Mm-hmm. I need to take some extra time off this year anyway. I have too much vacation. You have too much vacation. I, I actually have too much vacation. I don't take enough vacation days. You have too much vacation gotta be you well, and kate was like that too where she was taking what was it at the i think at the end of the year starting from like thanksgiving or maybe even earlier she set it up there so she wouldn't have a five-day week yeah for like the rest of the every every week was a four-day week it was either a friday off or a monday off yep i mean i i have i can carry eight vacation days over from year to year by the end of this year i think Right now, I still have nine or ten vacation days. You see, I don't even know how many vacation days I have. I don't even know if it's on our uh, pay stubs. You might want to find out how much vacation you have, Andy. Yeah. Let me look up what is the uh, payroll. Not right now. (laughs) The hell are you doing? I'm checking my pay stub. Not right now. We still have topics. We it's still have like an entire episode of topics. It's not on there, so we're okay. Mighty Number no. Nine came out. That's the Mega Man yeah, spiritual the, successor. Yes. Yeah. Did, didn't I read somewhere it has like a four-hour credit? 
Yes, the credits are four and a half hours long. Holy crap. Because they list every Kickstarter donator. Oh, jeez. So don't watch the credits. <laughs> Please tell me they're skippable. <laughs> I'm sure they are. Okay. So uh, the release got messy? Yeah, it was not handled well. I mean, the whole history of this thing was not handled well, right? No. It was delayed and then delayed and then there was a demo that people didn't really like and then it was delayed more. And so on the release, people weren't getting their codes or the codes they got weren't working or just it was bad all around. I had no trouble with it. I got my code. I went to Steam. I put in my code and I started playing and damn, it's fun. But it's out. You can go buy it. It had some problems with the Kickstarter. And as all some, Kickstarters I mean, normally a do. A lot. <laughs> as all Kickstarters do. Yep. So, other video game news? Other VG news. What else is out there? PlayStation uh, oh. 3. Yep. Yes, I know we're talking about the PlayStation 3 with the PlayStation 4 and 4.5. Already. Well, 4 is out, 4.5 is being worked on. It had a new code name. I, I don't remember what it was, but I saw a new code name for it. But remember back when the PlayStation um, 3 the used to have Linux on it? Or you could put Linux on it? Yes. And then back, Sony said no. Yeah, back in 2010, Sony said no. We're taking away this ability. Yes. yes. So then a, a lawsuit was filed against them for removing the other OS functionality. And six years later, it's finally settled. Sony is going to pay... Uh, where's the uh, class action? Okay. There's, uh, <laughs> if you have, um, okay, so uh, up to two, po- oh, that's just attorney fees, really? The deal provides up to $2.25 million in attorney fees for the lawyers who brought the suit? Really, that's yep. that's who makes the money on a class action lawsuit. It's the lawyers, yeah. yeah. Gamers are eligible to receive $55 if they had used Linux on their console. And $9 if you bought a PS3 based on the claim of other OS functionality. I love how in the official announcement it was called all persons in the United States who purchased a fat PS3 model. Yeah. That's like literally in the actual legal document. They're calling it a fat PS3. Yeah, which, I mean, it's a legal document. It's probably defined much earlier Probably what that would be. Yeah, $9 per person. To get the $55, you must attest under oath and provide proof. I don't know how you do that. Uh, You have to have the OS that you installed on it. You have to have your serial number and your PlayStation Network sign-in. Hmm. More gaming news. All right. More ridiculous amounts of money. Okay. So we talked about Candy Crush. Yes. Candy Crush was created by King. Yes which was purchased by Activision Yep, for $9 billion. Yep. Uh, and, of course, we all know about Bejeweled, owned by PopCap, who was mm-hmm. purchased by EA Games for God knows how much money. How much was that? EA Games for $1.3 billion. Well, when you think of mobile gaming... What is the big money maker you think of now? Oh, um, <sighs> Mobile Strike. Uh, we already talked about Candy Crush. 
Um, who's the other big one right now? Um, Clash of Clans? Correct. Oh, okay, good. Third Good try. man. So Clash of Clans. Now, do you know who makes Clash of Clans? Because uh, I totally didn't. I had to find that out yesterday when I was at, I was actually talking to uh, a trainee about Clash of Clans because she was playing it. Uh, um, yeah, don't worry about it. It's a company called, um, oh shit, where'd they go? So, uh, uh, Supercell. Okay. Right? Like, no one's, I, I've never heard of these folks outside of Clash of Clans. They just are rolling in the dough from Clash of Clans. Well, a, they were bought. They were purchased away from SoftBank, which owned most of them, to a company named Tencent. Who I've also never heard of. Yeah? Go Google Tencent. Tencent. About, oh, largest and most used internet service portal. Wow. Tencent also purchased Riot. Well then. Okay. And they own some of Activision. So they just bought Clash of Clans. Really? Yeah. Wow. $10 billion. Jeez, oh, Pete. Well... They didn't pay $10 billion. It values the company at $10 billion. Oh, do we have an update on the Spectrum auction? Uh, yeah, it's supposed to be done on the 29th now. The reverse but auction? But there's, there's a possibility it might actually go longer. Uh, who cares at this point? <laughs> well, the wireless companies hopefully care. Okay. You know, in July... Yeah. Why will they care in July? Because then they'll finally be actually be able to bid to actually purchase the uh, the uh, Spectrum. Okay. But yeah, no, it is still going on. Yep. <sighs> okay. Anything else? I think we're we're good. Yeah. Uh. Bu- uh yeah, that, that seems pretty good. That feels like it's the right amount of time. Yes, it is. Okay. Random review, then, sir. Random Unless review. You really want to hit any of these last ones? Um, Uber drivers are not earning as much as Uber says they are. Because there's a cost to doing business, but they should also be writing those expenses off on their taxes. Yes. Uh, a NASCAR team uh, got caught with ransomware. Oops. Which, it was their crew chief's computer, and so, you know, all of their parts lists and, you know, settings and everything that were on the crew chief's computer were all encrypted. Oops. And now Malware is actually a sponsor of the team. What? Yeah, after after they, well, they paid the ransomware. Okay. Got their decryption key. Oh, Malware Bytes. Yes. Okay. You said Sorry. Malware is a sponsor of their team. No, Malware Bytes is a sponsor of their team now. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, they, they, what, made a deal with the hackers? Be like, hey, if you unlock our stuff, we'll make you a sponsor. No, they they paid the the hackers their five hundred dollars, got yep. the decrypt key. Yeah, and then afterwards they contacted Malwarebytes, and Malwarebytes is like, oh, and now they're a sponsor of the team. Okay. Um, Netflix is gonna probably sooner or later allow you to actually download Netflix to your device to watch later. Nice, very nice. Mm-hmm. Google is starting a Android's Basics Nano Degree program. I, yes, I, I asked if you wanted to go through any of these, not go through all of them, just to name off the topics. All right. 
if if there was any that was important that you wanted, you no. felt like we should hit. No, All right, was, review, okay. review. Eat this much. Dot com. Eat this much. Dot com. Put your diet on autopilot. Mm-hmm. Creates meal plans to meet your diet goals. Which, um, so Kate and I, there were many times we would come home and be like, what do we want to eat for dinner? And neither one of us would really have an opinion on it. So then, they, you know, there'd be mac and cheese or hot dogs or just something. And we didn't really, like, you know, want to make a decision. So Eat This Much has now made the decisions for us. It, you know, has the whole week planned out for how many ever meals you want to have. You tell it, you know, how many calories you want. It will kind of just give you the nutrition targets to kind of give you your macronutrients in the correct proportions. Hmm. So right now I'm looking at the um, the Saturday meal because we're recording on Saturday. Breakfast, 382 calories, a bowl of oatmeal and a slice of toast. The lunch is going to be grilled chicken Mediterranean, 419 calories. And supper is apple sandwiches with almond butter and granola, 848 calories. For around about 1,700 calories with the correct nutritional targets of uh, 41% carbs, 20% protein, 40% fat. Other days, it's 47% fat, 20% protein, 33% carbs. Most of the time, they're just about right around 30%. So yeah, no, this thing gives you meals that you can just plan out and it gives you the grocery list too so i have an email right now with our grocery list for next week and it keeps track of the food you eat so if you buy a whole bunch of food you can put it in your quote-unquote pantry and then it won't have you buy it the next time hmm. this looks pretty cool mm-hmm. um there are also uh food preference options you can set up so you can do paleo vegan uh, vegan dairy, vegan meat, keto friendly, and gluten free substitutes. Vegan, vegan dairy, vegan meat. Yes. Uh, what is vegan meat? Uh, vegan meat substitutes. So allows okay. recipes that use vegan meat like tofu and stuff in place see. of animal meat. And then vegan dairy is you know soy, rice, almond ingredients instead of dairy. I was confused because vegan meat makes it sound like vegan, but with meat. <laughs> no, this is. <laughs> opposite of vegan yeah cool so yeah you can you can do a whole gluten-free substitution stuff on there how much does this cost that's a bit of the kicker um what is the current pricing for it because this is not free no no it's not free hold on let me let me go to another browser because then i don't have to sign out and sign back in seven dollars a month or nine dollars month to month it's also great is the fact you can tell it what foods you don't want to eat. So I currently have, I want to exclude anything that has tofu, Coconut. cottage cheese, avocado, feta cheese, soy milk, sour cream, tuna, bass, coconut, eggs. You're avoiding eggs? Uh, Kate doesn't like eggs. Ah, okay. I also found out um, that I hate the smell of bass. It doesn't okay. taste good, and I almost threw up while it was cooking. I don't know what the reaction was, but it was bad. Fish? No, no, fish is good. Like, we just had the other night, we had uh, trout with a brown sugar and Dijon mustard glaze on it. Okay. Oh, my God, that was good. 
but bass. Bass, no. I can't stand bass for some odd reason. So any other fish is fine. Yeah, no. We bass. do salmon, we do cod, we did trout, but bass just can't handle it. So yeah, so you can tell it recipes that you don't like. You can also set up um, for work lunches. You can say, okay, for you know work lunches, I'd like to make extra dinners and just use the leftovers for lunch the next day. You can tell it how much time you have to prepare, if you can actually cook or not cook. Neat. Um, the kicker, though, was the fact that our first grocery bill, normally our grocery bills were around $50 a month or $50 a week for like two of us. Yeah, a our little first higher. Gro- our first grocery bill was 160 Yep, but that's probably getting a lot of the, the like necessities for the back end. Yeah, our, right, that's well, stuff our, you're going to be using for months. Our one last week was like 90 Yeah, so we got it lower. So it was like mustards and vinegars and yes. you know things that you will be using again and again. Now they have a they have a price daily price limit for your meals, which you know you could have a daily price limit of twenty five dollars and get a whole lot of really expensive ingredients. But I've been you know putting the price around eight dollars. Yep. Trying to you know probably I might try five. I don't know what that's going to get me though. <laughs> you can also tell how complex a meal you, can you have want. Have a rice ca- price cracker. Yeah. Neat. So yeah, you can you can block foods. You can add favorite foods there. The favorite foods will you know appear more often for only seven dollars a month, huh? Mm-hmm. It's not too bad. Now, also is the fact here that uh, it's basically set up for one person. Mm-hmm. So between the two of us, there's no separate thing there where I can say, "Oh, I want seventeen hundred calories," but Kate wants fifteen hundred calories. It doesn't work that way, right? So right now, it's both of us on this one. I, you, there's there's they. In the FAQ, they give you ways of working around their system, but they're like, yeah, we're still working on trying to get two separate people on one account. But right now it's just... You could just combine your calorie counts. That's what they're saying is combine your calorie accounts and then have just eat your meal proportionally. Yeah. But this one, I just said, okay, 1,700 calories. And then just in in the food prep section, it says, how many meals are you preparing? You'll just say two. And then it will just give you the grocery list for two of those meals. So eat this much. It's interesting. We're trying it out. Turns out I actually like granola. Have you never had granola before? No. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's just oats. I know. It's good. All right. So yeah, eat this much. Dot com. Right. Random topic. Rolled ahead of time. If you were required to have an animal's tail, what type of tail would you want? Hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, I immediately jumped to like two different styles. Uh, one of which would be the prehensile. So we're talking sort of like a like a chimpanzee tail, or like a lemur monkey, like a lemur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that like I can control it to the point of where I could curl it and use it, or something big and fluffy like a fox tail. Uh, if I had a, if I had to have an animal's tail, well, yep. first off, that would make pants a lot more difficult. Yes, that is true. And using the restroom. Yes, and sitting in some chairs. Yeah, like the current chair that I have would not be comfortable if I had a tail. Well, I mean, the tail's the extension of your spine, right? Yes. So, 
I don't know about you, but my, my ass is well below the end of my spine. So the tail wouldn't be like sticking into the chair. You wouldn't sit all the way back, but you'd sit just a little forward and you could like curl the tail around. Yes. Okay. I can see that. Yes. Pants would still be an issue. Yes. Pants would be an issue. Well, Peacock's tail is completely out. (laughs) Okay. Is that really a tail? It's just like rear plumage. I don't. Is I don't. I think of birds as having tails. Um. So what would I? Would you? So it, I mean, it kind of comes down to what would you want it for? Do you want it for looks? Do you want it to help you swim? Do you want it to uh, just stay out of the way? Uh, Do you want it to be a pillow that you can sleep on? No. You want it to be a pillow someone else can sleep on? No. You are really having trouble with this, aren't you? I I don't know. It's um. Uh, I I. Who has it? What animal has like a really small tail? A mouse. Maybe. Uh, it's still pretty big relative to their size. Yeah. No, that wouldn't work. Um, like cow tails are are smallish and thin. Are you just you want a tail that you can hide? Maybe. I, d- I don't know. Um, I feel like the, the, the monkey tail would probably be the best, where it's, you know, the ability to be used. You can grab things, hold them. Elephants. Elephants have small tails. That is true, yes. I don't even know what the point of an elephant's tail is. What's the point of most tails? <laughs> like, it's just vestigial. It's just still there. Yeah, no, I'm... I probably, yeah, with, with a... With a... With a monkey's tail, yeah. That'd probably okay. be what I'm going to go for. You're going to go to the, the prehensile. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to hold things. All right. This this seems to make you, like, really uncomfortable, Andy. Well, it's, it's weird. Humans with tails, it just doesn't seem right. But, you know, there'd be, like, a whole, like, fashion industry, you know, with the tails. If every human had tails, it'd be like, oh. Well, it depends on what kind of tail people have. True. Right? Does everyone have the same kind of tail? Let's... I don't know. Be like a whole like uh, plastic surgery industry for tails, or, you know. Tail extensions. He, he, he's got a big tail, sort of thing. Yeah. Like a horse tail, which is all just hair. You'd have to get it like braided. Be weird. <clears throat> all right. Well then, I'm kind of surprised that the the ponytail never came up. Well, I. What would the what? I'd have That's to get joke, it like Andy. trimmed a joke ponytail because it's just growing your hair out oh if you had to have what a tail of some kind what would you get ponytail ha 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 i did wow i feel like i i completely missed the bus on that one yeah all right (sighs) that's a wrap that's a wrap this has been another episode of the random access podcast If you have any questions, comments, concerns, corrections, suggestions, remarks, reviews, rebukes, retorts, or just rants, feel free to contact us. You can find us on Twitter at RAPodcast, or send us an email at mail at RAPodcast.net. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 